Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for High Velocity Radio. Welcome to the High Velocity Radio Show, where we celebrate top performers producing better results in less time. Stone Payton here with you today. Please join me in welcoming to the broadcast with the fearless storyteller House Emporium Limited, Miss Esther Itum. How are you? I am very well, thank you. And thank you for having me. Well, we are absolutely delighted to have you on the show. I love the name of your organization. As you can imagine, we have a great deal of affinity for anyone who is out there capturing stories and helping other people capture and and share stories. But tell us a little bit more about mission and purpose of your work. How would you describe what you're really out there trying to do for people? So um, I... As a person, I help women in law and in media to develop strong voices, solid careers and stable personal lives. And obviously, one of the ways that I do that is through something that my company does, which is to help creatives and legal professionals to find their voices fine-tune their voices, amplify their stories, and then broadcast their stories. Sorry, amplify their voices and then broadcast their stories. And the reason that we started doing that was that when I, so I'm um, located in Nigeria right now, but I lived in the UK for nearly 10 years. And then when I returned to Nigeria, I found that there were certain gaps that were not met by the educational system. And of because people that went through the educational system, so the universities here, they were suffering in their careers because of those um, those gaps that were not really their fault. And for me, I felt, look, I can complain about this or I can help to create solutions. And um, so, I, I mean, after I kind of whined about it for a while, I decided, fine, let's you know, whining is not helping. So I created <laughs> solutions. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> so I created the solutions. And even at that, like it didn't, um, you know, it didn't take off immediately. It still took a while for me to find my people. Right. Um, I think that one of the hugest, should I say, mistakes that entrepreneurs make is just because something you know, a solution or whether it's in a product form or it's an offering or whatever, just because it makes sense to you doesn't mean that it's for everyone or that it's going to make sense for everyone to everybody that you come across. And yeah, I had to do a lot of waiting, a lot of reverse engineering stuff, a lot of, yeah, quite a lot of waiting. And I I would say i yeah, I definitely found my people, including some of them who now um, who signed up, signed on to work for me. Oh, I think that's marvelous. And you found your people in the law arena and in the media world. Say more about that and, and how that how you got it narrowed down to that to that niche. OK, I actually studied law at university. I thought I wanted to become a lawyer. And then um, on the final morning of my last law exam so this is after I've done 
the entire course and I actually thought I wanted to become a lawyer I woke up on that morning and it hit me no I don't really want to do this um which was yeah which was quite interesting and terrifying because um I knew what I didn't want to do but I didn't know what I wanted to do which up until that point I didn't know it was possible to have those two problems at the same time um I've always written so I've been writing from like the age of 6 and but it wasn't something that I felt could be a job if that makes sense it just wasn't a done thing but one thing led to another um somebody tried to steal well actually they did steal my manuscripts for what turned into my first book oh. um along yeah I know along with um, four or five other different pieces of work. And when I say pieces of work, I'm talking of um, a pilot script for a TV series, a stage production, and you know, and um, I had to get somebody, a friend, to sort of go after them because I knew that legally there was nothing I could. I mean, the court system in Nigeria is it's a completely different story. And 18 months after my friend got my stuff back, um, my first book, Forever There For You, was released. And it, things sort of, you know, just took off from there. Um, I was offered a radio show um, after a chance meeting at, at McDonald's, of all places. Um, after that, I returned to Nigeria. I started doing things of my own. I created a blogazine because I had magazine experience and I didn't want to do blogging the way that everybody else in Nigeria was doing it at the time. A year after I started my blogazine, I won an award in the UK for blogging. So yeah, it's um I I realized that these are things that I could teach people how to do people who were trying to get my results. I might not be a lawyer, but I understand to a great extent. I understand what people in law, especially if they're new, are feeling um, when it comes to the media space as well. I do have quite a bit of experience with that. So, yeah, I, I understand where some of the gaps, maybe not all, because nobody knows everything. Mm. I understand where some of the gaps are and how to fill in those gaps. So at this point in in your work, what are you finding the most rewarding? What are you enjoying the most? What's the most fun for you? Finding my people. Like it, it, it's I I can't even tell you how how much of a relief it is, right? Because you know, sometimes you know you come in to an industry and you know you have solutions to certain problems in that industry and you kind of think that everybody will be rooting for you which is very naive or that <laughs> people will be you know just people will be sensible about it but or that even some people who see the problems want those problems solved some people don't they're benefiting from the status quo as it is as horrible as it is and so that was um some of the problems those were some of the problems that I faced in the beginning that thing of wait but I've got this really great solution why don't we collaborate and I was telling someone a couple of days ago who was talking about collaborating with people who are actually perpetuating a problem and I said you're not supposed to collaborate with them you're meant to replace them <laughs> they're going to frustrate <laughs> you 
And so, yeah. Um, and so finding my people, and when I say my people, I'm not talking of just people in law or media, but I'm talking of people in law or media who see the value in what my company is offering and have actually said, hang on, where have you been? And it's so funny. It was I've been doing interviews because uh, we're hiring salespeople at the company. I've been doing interviews for maybe the past three weeks now. And some of these people, they it, it almost feels like they are clones of me, like, but they need my solutions. And for some of them, you know, when they sent in their, their their resumes, I looked at their dates of birth and I was a bit taken aback. And I realized, hang on, this is why they weren't around before. Some of them are in their 20s. They're very young. I mean, I, I have somebody who is turning 19 this year and my company has been in existence for over six years, meaning he was 13 at the time when I started. So he had no reason to look for me. I had no reason to know that he existed. And, you know, and there are all these stories of similar people. So, yeah, finding my people, that's like, you know, the hugest, the biggest thing for me right now. Well, I can tell it. I, I can hear it. I know our listeners can over the airwaves as well. I loved what I what I read in your bio uh, about helping young women in law or media develop strong voices, solid careers, and stable personal lives. I love that that frame. Talk about maybe a, a couple of specific examples of what the work looks like. Like if someone engages you, especially the early stages, like what do you start working on with them? Okay, we would typically do a consult where I would find out what it is that they are trying to achieve. So um, sometimes people say, I want to write a book, or I want to start a blog, or I want to do a podcast. And that's the end for them. Like that, that's just it. And I'm like, no, you need something more. There, there's got to be a purpose to this thing. So it's not just, oh, I want to, um, I just want to be an author. Why do you want to be an author? What is the message that you're trying to, um, you know, you're trying to spread? Whether it is fiction or a nonfiction book, there is always a message. What kind of author are you? And for some people, they don't actually know what they, you know, whether they want a blog or, a, or, a, or to do a book or to do a podcast. And so I would during the consultation, discuss with them, find out what it is, you know, what their strengths are, what they're actually, the, the actual purpose that they are trying to achieve. Then I would suggest a book, a blog, or a podcast as the vehicle to get there. Because I found, and I found this out the hard way, of course, that, you know, a book, a blog, or a podcast, and even sometimes, yeah, and a TV show are not the end they are tools to get to an end and so when you see them that way you're not overly attached to them it's not like oh my gosh if I don't have this book then you know I'm you know the world is going to end sometimes the book is not your thing sometimes a blog is more um is more is going to get you to your goal faster and obviously i would tell them okay this is what i think you should do um and obviously if they for instance with the blog if they say yeah i'm ready to do that then i would put them on my blogging and digital um journalism coaching program so i've got different programs or different services that will help them achieve the ultimate goal 
using whatever tool that they have chosen. So if somebody wants to start podcasts, for instance, we would put them, or if they need to start podcasts, we would have them get our podcast production package, which, you know, the purpose of that is make sure that they turn into a brand themselves with whatever um, whatever lesson or whatever message it is that they've got and we'll put that message in front of the right people and we'll take things from there. What a marvelous set of, of services. Now, you've written several books, as I understand it. Is that accurate? Um, no, I've, I've written two. You've written two? Um, and yeah, right now, two. And then the third one is a, it's part of an e-book box set. So yeah, so that's three. Uh, the reason I'm asking, I'm, I'm operating under the impression that you've kind of developed a, a methodology, a, a process that has some discipline and some rigor to it on how you go about, and maybe it applies to everything you described, how you go about uh, planning out the book, planning out the podcast, planning out the 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 blog part one of the question is is that accurate have you developed kind of a methodology a process and then i i'm curious about the first time you wrote a blog or wrote the the book did you find parts of it came together pretty easily for you and other parts you really struggled with yeah um there is a definite methodology with every um every offering that we produce and we put out just because it helps for standardization of process and so that I'm not, you know, tearing my hair out and going, oh, I don't know what I did the last time. And, you know, if for some mm-hmm. reason I can't um, concentrate on a particular part of the project, I can farm it out and the person is not going to be confused. They're going to know this is what I'm supposed to do. This is what the result is supposed to look like. Because I find that sometimes as um, entrepreneurs and even as bosses, sometimes if if people are not micromanaging, then they are assuming that their staff know exactly what they're supposed to be doing. And then they get upset that a person doesn't know. But the person doesn't know because you didn't tell them, you didn't give mm. them any expectations. So, yes, we have a definite um, methodology for every um, every offering that we put out. The first time that I wrote a blog post, I... I didn't know what I was doing. I think I just, I had something to say. And so I just, I just wrote it. I didn't know anything about structure in terms of marketing or who should be reading this or what I should be saying to make them read this or to make them want to read this. I just, and it was just something that I felt that I had to, you know, I had to say the same thing with my first book. And of course, you know, that sounds like, oh, I'm a creative and that's what we do. But that affected our marketing and our sales, because obviously, you know, if you haven't narrowed down what this is about, then you don't know who to put it in front of. You don't know what to tell them apart from buy my book, buy my book. And people are like, why? I, I, and I, <laughs> and I, tell, I, I tell my authors, the only person who gives a damn that you wrote your book is you. Like, that, you're, you're the only one. Other people want to know what this book is going to do for them. So whether it's, if it's fiction, they want to know what the story is in terms of, you know, 
who the characters are like would i relate with the characters there's something they go through that i'm going through at the moment that would help me if it's non-fiction there is a lesson in there whether it's you know writing about money or even food or something there's a lesson in there that this person is supposed to get and of course if you can't say it in less than a paragraph why this person should get that book or read that blog post or even and sign up to a podcast and listen to it, then, you know, they might actually be your target audience, but then they're not going to know and and you lose. So, um, yeah, I had to, it took quite a while, but I had to do the very, it seems uncreative, um, but I had to really understand what marketing was and is and not just go, oh, we're, you know, we're creatives. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't have money to waste. you know you can be creative and make money and market properly so yeah that's something that we aim to do so how do you attract new clients people who want to to work with with you how do you get the new clients um so there are a number of ways we are currently like i said before we're currently interviewing so we've got salespeople who are marketers as well mm-hmm. and so the people that they know because um sometimes people kind of go oh i'm this ceo and i and I, I can do paid advertising and all but then how you could get further if you've got people working for you who buy into your vision, they buy into that vision for a reason because either they have the same problem or they know people who have the same problem that you don't have access to for whatever reason. So that's one of the ways. Um, another way is going on shows like this one. So I've done um, podcast shows. I've done um, YouTube shows as well and obviously there's um social media so i use at the moment i use instagram and linkedin and the reason for those is that that is literally like those two places are literally where i find that my audience is so um i remember when i first started i think people were saying oh you should be on every social media <laughs> and i was i was running myself ragged everywhere Without, because I didn't understand that, you know, again, the only person who cares about your book or your good speaker or whatever is you. You need to go to where your audience is. And again, if you don't know who your audience is and you don't know how you're going to help them, then you don't know where they are. It's like, I, I call it um, trying to sell meat to vegetarians. Like it doesn't matter how great like it doesn't matter how great the meat is or how fantastic the decor is in your restaurant. If this person is a vegetarian, they are vegetarian. They don't need what you're selling. Like the, the reason that they are vegetarians is not the point. Like they you know, when it's a lifestyle reason, a religious reason or what it's not the point. The point is look for meat eaters. And even when using the analogy of food again. Even when it's somebody who eats meat, you know, there's different kinds of meat. If somebody is looking for lamb, for instance, and for some reason you you do have lamb, but I don't know why it looks like chicken, like they're going to look at <laughs> it and go, no, uh, this is not what I recognize. This is not going to solve my problem, which is sad because you've identified the person who your, um, who your, your offering will help. But because of 
the way that you've packaged it or because of the way it looks, they don't recognize it as something that they need or that they desire. And yeah, so, and, and then you're going to lose and probably even annoy them. So yeah, that's something that we've had to learn and implement. Well, what a great way to think about it. What a great frame. And, and as you were describing the the analogy, the parallel, like with meat eaters and, and vegetarians, I have to confess, I think in my career, I have maybe from time to time fallen into the trap of not only going to the wrong place where, where, where my people aren't, but maybe trying to convert vegetarians into meat eaters. And boy, that's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? and it's frustrating. And it, there, there is no, like there is zero return on any <laughs> investment. That is, that is a waste of time. Mm. It's a waste of hope. It's a waste of energy. It's just a waste. <laughs> and this, you know, the sad thing is that there are actually, like using this analogy, there are actually meat eaters who want what you, what you have. So yeah. why won't you leave the vegetarians alone? Oh, that's great. So on uh, for yourself, are, are, are there some things that you're reading now or listening to that are impacting you? Like sometimes I ask people, uh, you know, what's on your nightstand? And what I mean by that is, you know, like, what are you reading? What are you into? What are you studying these days? Um, I'm doing quite a number of YouTube um, videos um, just to really center myself and um, really get into my consciousness more and that is because I, I, I mean I used to do it I don't know why I fell off but it's just the fact that sometimes you have these strategies and you know these plans and these lists but if you don't believe for whatever reason that you can really do it or that this is going to work for you then it's really not and so, and that's why even with all our coaching programs, for instance, the first week, and in some cases, the first month is you, you know, is utilized dealing with any blocks, any mental blocks that the student has, just because, I mean, I can talk to you about how this book is going to be a bestseller and you are not going to believe me. So when I then send you to an interview, the vibe that you're going to give, the way you're going to behave is going to make sure that the book is not going to be a bestseller. You're going to be upset mm -hmm. and you're going to be wondering, you know, and then I'm going to be frustrated with that. So for me, it's just really trying to get rid of any, um, any blocks and any thing, any, baggage really that is unnecessary and doesn't serve me from you know from a mental space well i think that is incredibly powerful counsel all right before we wrap i want to make sure that our listeners uh have the ability to connect with you learn more about your your work what is the best way for our listeners to to learn more and connect with you okay they would go to www estheretim.org forward slash links. So that is E for Esther, S for Stella, T for Tango, H for Hotel, E for Echo, R for Romeo, E for another Echo, T for another Tango, I for India, M for Mother, dot org forward slash links. That's links with a with an S, a plural. And that links is really important or else they might get lost on the site, but the srtim.org links page 
will just it will direct them. There are lot there are necessary signposts there for anyone who would um, land on that page. Well, Esther, it has been an absolute delight having you on the show. Thank you for joining us and sharing your perspective and your your insight. This has been informing. It's been in, inspiring. And man, you're you're just doing such important work. Please. Uh, Keep up, keep up the good work and know that we sure appreciate you. Thank you very much. My pleasure. All right. Until next time, this is Stone Payton for our guest today, Esther Etim, and everyone here at the Business Radio X family saying we'll see you in the fast lane. (laughs) 